Hello and welcome to the OneTrust Talks Tech Podcast. This is episode number six, recorded on June 20th, 2023. My name is Roger Dean and I work on the product team here at OneTrust and I will be acting as the host of this podcast. In this episode, we have two guest sessions. In the first session, I'll be talking to Christina Wall about what goes into creating a great application for users and their experience with the product. The second guest is Anima Hawk, who is a member of our, our customer success team and runs our roadmap webinars with product managers. We've got another week of webinars coming up, so we wanted to get the word out about what is covered and how to sign up. Before we get to the guests, just a quick reminder that this podcast reflects OneTrust's current expectations for product capabilities. Be advised that dates and features may be subject to change and should not be relied upon when making purchase decisions. Time now for our first guest, Christina Wall, who is a senior UX researcher at OneTrust. Welcome to the podcast, Christina. Thanks so much for having me. So a lot of times I know a lot about the topics we're, we're discussing on the podcast, but I have no idea really kind of what you do and what the UX team does. So maybe spend a few minutes of talking about what UX or UX is or and um, and UXR and how does how do you support the product teams and the R&D teams? Yeah, totally. I think unpacking acronyms is always a great place to start. Um, so uh, UX stands for user experience and UXR user experience research. And so ultimately what that means is the team that I work with um, is made up of a group of designers, a content strategist, and then uh, the researcher, me, um, that work with our R&D and our product teams. And essentially, we're all responsible for just making sure that we're understanding and also translating the needs and pain points of our users or customers for the product team um, that we work with. So kind of having a UXer in the mix uh, has a role of just making sure that we're really speaking for the users who aren't always in the room when product decisions are being made. So kind of um, how, uh, you know, tasks can be completed, how many steps should be involved in a certain workflow or process, um, just unpacking why or why not a proposed solution would work um, kind of within the customer experience. And then the research side of that is just a part in this process. In order to, to be able to speak in that way, we need to make sure that we've used some research methodologies to really deeply understand kind of our user's perspective, the problems that they're facing, um, just to, to support kind of having that clear direction on design, um, kind of having that subject matter expertise, but then also being able to hone in on these specific problems that um, our users are facing. So kind of knowing the customer, designing for the customer, and kind of representing the customer in the mix, if that helps. Yeah, it does. So it's not really all about just leaving it up to the, the developer or the product manager to figure out how to how to get this information in from the user of the platform, because we all know that engineers never really think about that kind of stuff as much as other folks should, being one myself. And so it the the role of the UX or UXR person is to really make sure that that methodology that's used in the application to accomplish the goal that the product managers are trying to do is done in a way that the user can actually get it done. Yeah, exactly. Just not being driven by kind of the assumptions we have or like the one kind of thing that we've heard that, that is driving kind of like, okay, I think this needs to be part of where we're headed, but really making sure we're understanding that problem and that problem space so that we can kind of drive the design that it makes sense. And, you know, that that can be, design is so all encompassing, you know, it can be everything from like, oh, how do we make sure that that button stands out on a page to what is the actual flow that people are going to use and be successful right. kind of in this whole process. So it's, um, yeah, it's a little bit all encompassing to support that team. 
Yeah, I bet. So how do, how does one become a UX person? Like what is there is there are there degrees in UX or just is it just life experience or what? Uh, all different all different ways of getting into UX. Um, I think it's an interesting question. I think that you you see people coming in absolutely with human computer interaction degrees and are really focused on kind of that user experience piece and and have kind of really studied in that space. You also have people coming in from kind of a psychology perspective. Mm. So just understanding human behavior and uh, being able to really, again, kind of get that research perspective to be able to, to fuel kind of how you make decisions decisions around kind of how people interact with um, software. So yeah, people can come in from all different perspectives and it's really just about bringing that like that human perspective cool. um, to the mix. That's yeah. cool. I bet it's really rewarding for you to see the adoption or how customers end up using stuff that you've had a, had a hand in, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's the piece that it especially from the research end of things, like being in UX research, it's all application based, right? Like it's not just, okay, great, we did all this research and now it's out there for people to consume however they want. It's about actually driving change and about driving kind of those those tangible pieces that, that make it really concrete. So, so that leads me into my next question. Why is mm -hmm. this so important at OneTrust? And, and like have, what, what's, what's driving us having this great team of UX people to, to influence how the product is is designed. Yeah, you know, I think at, at the most basic level, and I think that this this becomes the partnership really between UX as well as product um, and engineering is that we want to be focused on the right problems um, and have a really great depth of knowledge as to kind of, you know, how what those problems are and how to solve those in the best way that just inherently kind of benefits everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but again, thinking about kind of the breakdown here, it's, Thinking about, you know, we want to ultimately have our customers, one, be successful in the tool. We don't want to create more friction in their day-to-day -day life. We want to simplify the experience so that it is just easier for their teams, for them, um, in all kind of steps of the process. And then finally, kind of this ultimate goal is that we want to make sure that the product is really an enjoyable experience or kind of a lovable experience. And that's kind of that, you know, top bar of if people are in it every day yeah. and it's functioning as a support for their work, we want to make sure that we're we're hitting the right notes, we're providing the right guidance, we're we're making sure that it is something that you know everyone can use and it, it becomes a, a good experience, so that it can kind of differentiate our product um, in the market yeah. and deliver that kind of exceptional value. Makes sense. I mean, you certainly don't want users of the product to dread having to go in and actually accomplish a task. You want right. that to be at a minimum, not painful, but hopefully very enjoyable. Like, uh, you know, yeah. oh, that was really easy to do that. Um, yeah. I, I I think I was, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the, our users of the product. And typically in my past, I've been very used to the user of the product being an IT person. So they're, they're a little more probably forgiving about how easy it is to use and their minds work a little differently and that, uh, and, and I'm an IT person myself, so that's why I can say that I feel like, but, mm -hmm. um, but you're, you're um, maybe, maybe the UX design doesn't have to be as important for that. But in our, in this case with OneTrust, we have all kinds of people using their product. We have lawyers, we have uh, privacy professionals, we have non-IT people. So I, I assume it's really important for us. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I'll give an example, too, from the ethics cloud. Um, and so the ethics and compliance space, we did some research um, at the end of last fiscal year where we were thinking of kind of this whole flow around Speak Up and the helpline mm -hmm. product. Mm -hmm. And so really being able to look at, okay, these ultimate kind of end users of so people actually reporting wrongdoing. And so sitting down with some of those folks to understand why you did or didn't report uh you know, a wrongdoing that you experienced in your in your workplace. But then we also have to think about the case managers that are, you know, overseeing potentially on a global level, like all the cases that are coming in, and then the individual investigators. So there's all these stakeholders that are involved. And all really different skill levels. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and just different, you know, different levels of maturity with the tool, but also just different levels of frequency with right. using tools and yeah. different kind of um, impetus that are leading them into the tool. Sometimes Sometimes it's about, you know, oh, I need to accomplish this task because I need to just complete this so that, you know, I've done my training in order to, to you know, check the box. Yeah. But then you also have people that are really using it to be compliance for your entire program and drive, um, you know, kind of what the whole direction is. So, yeah, again, you know, that full spectrum right. and understanding all those unique needs does help us design things in just different ways, knowing kind of who those different individuals are that that's, are in the, in the tool. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's a lot, a lot to take into consideration for sure. Um, yeah. What does the team look like at OneTrust? Like how many people are there and how are you broken down? You mentioned earlier where it's researchers and designers and things like that. Maybe go into that a little more. Yeah, totally. Um, I would say right now we're we are a growing team. We're we're hovering right around twenty designers, um, and then like I mentioned, one content specialist who really looks at kind of um, text and context and guidance within the tool. And then um, I support the team kind of on that research front. So just kind of making sure that as all of our designers are doing research as part of their process, there's kind of a rigor. They have um, kind of the starting places that they. They need and they have kind of someone who's just supporting kind of on all these different methodologies and kind of what's the best way to be um, kind of learning about um, our team. And mm. I would say, you know, I think it's important to also acknowledge that, you know, we know that there's lots of concerns from our our customers at this point around kind of how intuitive things are in the tool, things being somewhat overcomplicated or um, requiring too much customization. And so this is, again, a growing practice for us. Right. And I think that um, we do have this end goal of our, our designers being kind of more in communication with customers, more on kind of like a, a weekly, monthly basis um, versus kind of um, just based on certain projects. And so kind of in getting there, you know, we, we have um, steps to take kind of in, in order to kind of get to, to that place. Makes sense. And so how often are you out there talking to customers and, and researching and pulling in feedback from them? Yeah, it really depends on kind of the process or the project, I guess, or the the area. Um, I think that, like I said, kind of our ideal situation is that, you know, we have designers on calls on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. um, but calls are not the only way that we kind of elicit feedback and get feedback from our customers. And so um, I tend to think about the, the types of research that we do in two buckets, kind of discovery, which is that like really in-depth, like understanding our customer and their needs just 
generally as well as specifically, and then more evaluative work. So we're actually looking at, okay, how is this working for customers right now? What's the usability? What's the usefulness mm -hmm. at this point? You know, testing out prototypes, that type of thing. And so we're able to do all those things, yes, by actually sitting on calls with customers, but we also have tools where we can send out surveys right. to get some of those responses, to survey kind of overall, to actually do usability testing um, that we're not sitting um, kind of on calls for, but we're getting a little bit broader reach. Um, and so I would say that, you know, again, our goal is to just have a very regular cadence within all of our design process to make sure that this is not just like a, oh, we do it at the beginning right. and then we're done, right. but have that kind of right. iterative piece. Um, it, and so, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, is it more upfront? when the product team is designing a new feature that you're involved or is it throughout the whole process or is it kind of near the end? All of the above. All of the above. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All of the above. Or that's the goal. That's right. the goal. I think that, you know, right now I think that we definitely have had that kind of discovery piece at the beginning of like, okay, we want to understand the problem here and we want to understand the problem space so that we're actually making the right decisions on design. But then ultimately we would really love to then test out right. what our ideas are, concept test that. And then once it's either launched or um, we have a prototype, like testing that out. And then once once it, you know, is in the tool, continuously understanding kind of the sentiment around that. So kind of all never throughout ends. and never ends. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. That's cool. So with that in mind, how are we, like, specifically, how are you integrating it in, in more consistently into the product? I know you, the team is small and you're, you're, you guys are slammed right now and really, really busy. But um, how, are you, how are you guys doing more of that integration specifically with the product managers and the, and the developers? Yeah, I think that, I mean, one, I think it's just like that exactly what you're saying. Like, like we are making this conscious effort to really make sure it's integrated into every process. And mm -hmm. designers have tools and templates um, that I've been kind of providing a little bit more with the, the research side of things so that they have a starting point and it's not um, as big of a lift to kind of get going um, and can be kind of that, that more regular um, cadence. I think also by just expanding those tools too. Um, you know, we're now doing some work about having kind of um, in-app uh, testing that can can happen. Mm -hmm. And so actually having in the tool, you know, surveys like MPS or Net Promoter Score so that we can just be tracking overall kind of sentiment and areas that are pain points for people. We have, um, you know, invitations kind of within the tool to actually get people to, to um, customers to actually engage with some of those surveys. So those are the, the the tools at least that we have um, to just be integrated more mm -hmm. but also I think it's that piece of our product managers also um, within that kind of squad or that team including designers earlier and earlier in the right. process so that again to your point like it's just this cyclical process where like research happens but also just you know design iteration um, is happening all along so yeah. I think all those things go hand in hand. I've heard lots of great things from some of the product managers about the UX person they're working with. I'm wondering what you feel like from the UX side is like, is this, is this been a painful process to try and get, to get integrated into the process? Or have you seen that it's been really open and everyone's accepting and, and trying to make the product better? You know, I, I, I would say like, I, I'm, 
I work kind of across all the teams. Uh-huh. And so I would say that this is definitely a newer process for some of the teams. And so I think that they're just working through kind of what does this look like? Change as our is process. always hard. So, yeah. yeah, it's just different and it's right. new. And, and I think that also, you know, I think that a lot of teams like also had certain ways of connecting with customers at different points or, you know, um, through different kind of issues that were coming up and things like that. Um, so I think that this has always been here, but just kind of bringing it to that place of how do we get everyone involved earlier to kind of really understand these problem spaces so that the solutioning can happen together. Um, I think that that's where it gets like exciting yeah. about kind of where all the teams are headed. So I wouldn't say painful in any way. <laughs> I would just say, I would just say it's, you know, new and, and everybody's figuring it out how it kind of works for, for their specific teams. Right, right. Well, we're really excited about it and looking forward to all the great work you guys are doing. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for coming on. Any, any like closing thoughts or anything you'd ask for customers, fill out those survey forms or, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I would just say, yeah, I would say that, yeah, come one of the biggest barriers for us is sometimes recruitment of customers. And so, you know, I think that, you know, customers could see emails from people like me or their UX, you know, person on their team or product managers or customer success managers, anybody reaching out to them. Um, and just know that this is kind of a, a great opportunity to share your opinion, to really drive direction. Um, and it, hopefully it would really, you'll see it kind of, yeah. you know, um, materialize in the product. Yeah. And so I think that anytime you see that or you see what might feel a little annoying in the product of a pop-up of like, give your feedback now, um, all those things really really are taken in and um, you know, that can be direct line to the, the, the squad really um, influencing kind of where things are going. So So, it's not a black box. Those responses don't, don't go through into the bit, bit trash, bit bucket trash can or whatever. Yeah. They're actually used. No No black hole. It really, um, there are people associated with kind of all these channels and, and um, anytime you're given feedback, we really want to honor the time and effort that people take to, to be able to provide that. And so um, that's, all taken um yeah it's just an important part of our awesome. process so, awesome yeah. and if yeah. you're listening and and you want to participate and you haven't seen those you can always just email me at podcast at onetrust.com and i'll get with christina and the team or or make sure you keep your out for those surveys or the in product uh in product surveys. so thank you so much for coming on i know thank this you. has been awesome i learned a lot i really appreciate it yeah excellent thanks so much I hope everyone learned a lot during that talk. I know I did. Moving on to our next guest, I'd like to welcome Anima Hawk to the podcast. Anima is a senior customer success manager here at OneTrust, and one of her many jobs is to put together the quarterly roadmap webinars with the product managers. So welcome to the podcast, Anima. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. It's great to have you here. Uh, Let's jump into what these roadmap sessions are all about. Can you just give us a brief description on kind of what's the expectation for these? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the roadmap series is something that we've been um, sort of committed to delivering for the past couple of years. It's really for all of our customers that have a success package of some sort. In terms of what the series actually consists of or what our customers can actually expect. So this is a virtual event. Um, Of course, we look to deliver it at the beginning of every OneTrust quarter. Um, It takes course over a week and we aim to have at least one session for each of our clouds or each of our trust domains. Um, 
And what we look to really deliver or present to anyone that joins these sessions is the new features or products that our, you know, R&D or product teams are working on. Um, and then in addition to that, also what the overall vision looks like for, you know, our platform, the actual cloud, and also what we're looking to achieve with these new features and these products as well, and why our customers should be interested in it and how they could incorporate into their sort of daily processes and how they actually got that leveraging the platform as well. That sounds like something that everyone asks me about every single day. What's coming in the product? What's coming in the product? So uh, it sounds like we're going to cover that. Absolutely. So I know we don't quite do all of the products because there's so many. How do we know what to focus on or narrow in on when, when with these sessions? Because we don't have a ton of time, but we try and cover the most we can. So in terms of how we go about selecting the the content or um, the modules that we look to present, it's based on a number of different things, right? I think the key being market and industry trends. So if there's something that's been in the news recently or a new framework and we have a solution that, you know, uh, pertains to that and would be useful to our customers or it's super important for our, you know, uh, customers to be aware of, then that will definitely be on the roadmap series. Um, and then we talk about sort of the wider um, sort of plan for that specific module and how we're looking to achieve that as well. Got the it. second element to it is also customer feedback as well. So we definitely want to take on board and uh, present what our customers are actually looking to, to hear about. And that's based off the feedback surveys that we have. Also, um, the feedback that we get, you know, via the customer success managers or also so your one trust reps as well. Got it. So fill out those feedback surveys when you get them, right? Because it yeah, actually has, has an effect. <laughs> um, so what what is the actual, for those people who haven't attended, what's the actual format of the session? Like who's actually presenting the material and, and how do they go about doing that? Yeah. So these sessions are hosted by myself, but um, in terms of who's actually presenting what we have on the, the roadmap and whatnot, it's actually our product managers directly. So you get a bit of an insight into what the you know product teams are working on, what their teams are working on, um, you know, what we have at the moment, what we're looking to have for the future and also for, you know, any timelines beyond that, too. Um, it. So it's a great opportunity to, for you to connect, you know, Directly. directly with our PM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you also get some insight into the why. Like, why are we building this yeah. product? Why are we building this feature? Um, I'm sure that there's probably a lot of questions during the sessions. Um, I know that this session may be a little different than we've done in the past. How are we handling questions from the attendees? Yeah, I think one of the, the great things about these sessions is that because it's live, it presents a great opportunity for you to ask as many questions. And we don't just restrict it to what's being presented on the screen. We also open it up for the wider module as well. Um, we do unfortunately get a very large volume of questions. So, you know, it may be the case that some questions aren't answered. Um, but from our product team, we look to answer probably the most common questions mm -hmm. that we get. So if we see about 10 or 12 that are really pertaining to the same topic, then we'll sort of merge that into one um, or anything that's very relevant to what's being presented. That's what tends to be prioritized. Got it. That makes sense. That makes um, So with respect to the customers who are attending these, their expectations coming out of the session could be they've got a really good view of what the, the product team is immediately working on or going to be working on in the next couple of months, as well as potentially asking some questions directly to the people that are building the product, right? Yeah, absolutely. And majority of the features that are being presented by our product team, it's set to be um, live or released within the next couple of releases that we have at OneTrust. 
or we aim to make it available via a preview feature as well. So um, whilst we do present it as a roadmap, we hope that the wait isn't too long for this right. to be yeah. live in production or for testing. Right. Yeah, I know we're going to focus on what we're working on right now and what we'll be working on after we're done with the things we're working on right now. So maybe maybe within this quarter or the next quarter is what the main focus on. There probably will be some visionary statements, like some of the bigger rocks that we're trying to push up the hills. You know, here's the big thing we're trying to go in the direction we're going, but we really want to focus on what we're working on in the next quarter or this current quarter or the next quarter. Lastly, how do people sign up? Uh, you know, if people want to attend this. Yeah, great question. So uh, we do have limited availability when it comes to these roadmap series. In terms of whether you're eligible to go ahead and sign up, please go ahead and reach out to your OneTrust rep. So that could be your account executive or your customer success manager. You'll be able to find all the details in your OneTrust tenant directly. So if you just reach out to one of the site admins, they'll be able to look at you know your account contact details and you can reach out to any one of those reps and they'll let you know if you're eligible and they can send you across the registration links and then you can just sign up from there. Oh, cool. And one really important question I guess I've got to ask is when is this happening? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're looking to, to have this on the 10th of July. So it will be from the 10th to the 14th. We have a different session every single day and it tends to be around one to one and a half hour long. Got it. Okay. So July 10th, the week of July 10th is when we're doing this. There'll be a session every day, different session every day. Uh, is sign up, is there a, is there a, end date or is there a limited number of seats or, or could you sign up if there was a seat open you know on the 10th say yeah so um we did send out the notifications to all of the customers eligible last week um we are seeing a crazy fast growth of sign up oh, really um so yeah so i would recommend reaching out to your reps asap so that you don't miss out um and yeah hopefully you can you can get a space there we probably won't close the registration um but if it does get full then we might have to um but there's still some spaces available so i'd say you know go out and, and sign up now Give it a shot right absolutely and if you if people can attend yeah. i know that after this is done i'll be creating the roadmap videos which are on my run trust which is basically a repeat of what these product managers saying but you know you won't have the opportunity to ask the questions or hear it directly from the product managers is there any other way that uh, customers who can't attend the webinar can can get this information yeah, so if you just reach out to your OneTrust rep, so um, either your CSM or your account executive, then they should be able to send across the um, summary reports that we make available, and that covers all of the content that was presented during the, the roadmap sessions. Um, but of course, you know, like you mentioned, it will be sort of available on my.onetrust soon for all of our customers to right. review as well. Right, super. Well, Anamia, thank you so much for attending. This is great information, and hopefully everyone will get signed up and we'll have a bunch of full sessions. Yeah, amazing. Really looking forward to this series, and thank you so much for having me on You're welcome. your podcast. All right, thanks so much. <laughs> that wraps up this week's podcast. Next week, I'm hoping to have Julian Evans on to talk about mobile application privacy issues, but I know he's under a ton of pressure to get some new features out, so we might have to wait a week or so to get him on. I'll also cover our latest release of OneTrust, which is 2023.06.2.0, and that's expected to be released this coming Friday, June 23rd. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. Remember, if you have any comments or questions or requests, please email us at podcast at OneTrust.com. Thanks again.